Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am your host, as always, Michael Sherlock. This month during Mindful May, we are talking about how we can all use a little help and guidance to make sure that we're taking care of our mental health. And my guest today is going to talk about this from her own perspective. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about who she is and what she does. And Karina Countess is an award-winning author of fiction. She has 14 published books to date, and she writes in all kinds of genres like young adult, erotica, thriller, fantasy, MC thriller, horror, dystopian. All right. A dystopian. Those are, I've got actually one of those in my brain as well that I know can come out dark romance and mafia thriller and sci-fi. She has a, she's a writer of all trades. She also runs author assist, which offers affordable services to independent authors. And she's a radio host and has two podcasts. She loves helping authors get seen and heard on many different platforms. And she's from the UK, but she lives in the beautiful island of Corfu, Greece, uh, an island I have not been to yet, but someplace else I want to go in the, in the land of Greece. Karina, thank you so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, Michael. Oh, and I know we were talking before we started taping that uh, you guys have been under tight lockdown and I'm hoping that the world keeps turning because it's possible we might be going back to roads this summer, my husband and I. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed between travel opening up and vaccines are coming that maybe the world will be turning again for travel. <laughs> well, I know over here, they're not going to allow people off the plane unless they have like a certificate to say they've had the vaccine. And I know mm. we're opening uh, our borders in June. But um, the reason our numbers have been so low when it comes to cases and deaths is that the Prime Minister acted strict and really quickly before any other European country did. And that's kept our, kept our numbers low. And uh, even in Corfu, when we were free for many months without one case, we still had to keep to the guidelines of, of Greece's uh, uh, lockdown otherwise you could get fined up to 300 euros if you're oh. found outside without permission yep that's some pretty big uh, incentive to stay inside yeah. <laughs> well karina i gave a little bit of your your bio and update but tell us a little bit more in your own words about you your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential well i started off uh, writing about 27 years ago i had no idea what i was doing um, I self-published a book. There was no Kindles at the time. So I self-published my own book, a pan, a Vanity Press, which uh, I don't advise anyone to ever go near because um, I got burnt just like many other authors. They take advantage of you. So um, you learn by your mistakes. Um, and I didn't want that happening to any other authors. Um, so after 27 years and learning how to promote market myself correctly from um, people that I've spoken to, what I've learned over the years, webinars and conferences and everything. I wanted to give back 
to these authors that were so desperate to publish their book, but then they got stuck and they didn't know what to do next. Their book's published, what do I do next? That's where I come in. And instead of just being a PA or a VA and helping them market and promote their book, um, I actually teach them. I do one-on-one teaching where I make sure that they learn these tools rather than hiring me over and over again to do the same thing. They learn how to do it themselves. So when their next book comes out, they know what they're doing and they don't need to hire someone again. It's really important that I can give back what I've learned to authors that really need it and uh, will take the time to to learn it themselves. I mean, if they're like some of my clients that are full-time best-selling authors, um, then they haven't got time to do any promotion or marketing of their how many books. And so I work for them full-time and I'll do that. And and we've been together for years, me and my uh, full-time clients. So uh, that's no problem. But with a new client, I really want to teach them what they need to know so they don't have to keep on hiring people. And yeah. uh, I work from home. I, I don't work on an hourly rate. If I'm online, I am working. And so the computer goes on about 10 o'clock in the morning and it's turned off at 10 at night. But I'm still around online if any of my clients need me, have questions or anything. So I'm basically working nearly 24-7. Um, <laughs> weekends, though, I do keep for myself because uh, I have my own books, 14 of them, and I need time to write, to edit, and to promote my own books. So the weekends are my own, and then five days a week, I work for my clients with Author Assist. Wow, you are going 24-7. I am. I am going 24-7. But um, yeah, I think I'm a workaholic, but it keeps me busy, and I don't have to think about things. And I just want to get my clients' books out as to as many people out there. And so I do my media um, programs as well. My radio show, which is actually on later tonight. We go live worldwide um, once a month. And I have two podcasts where I do uh, Behind the Pen. And I talk with uh, authors about their journey, uh, about their books. And uh, that's turned into a podcast. So I cover all mediums to make sure I can get as much promotion out of uh, about their books and about them as an author. You know, it's amazing. Um, it's an amazing time in the world now that anyone can publish. They can self-publish. They can get help uh, from as little bit from editing to promotion to you name it. And it was interesting because I worked, um, you know, and you learn the difference between working with maybe a vanity publisher or kind of a, a like a hybrid publisher or self-publishing. There's all these different levels. And so with my first version or first edition of my first book, I worked with a similar kind of company. It was okay. It was, you know, it, it cost me more than it should have. And it, you know, didn't mm. give me the greatest results. But what I learned is no matter what, and actually before I did my second um, edition, I actually had an offer from a traditional publishing firm. And when I, and I was considering actually going with like a hybrid kind of publisher, which is what I work with now and the contract with the traditional publishing house versus this hybrid was all, it was so vastly different that it, I said, I don't even want to work with a traditional publishing firm because you lose a lot of your own rights, even with a traditional publishing firm. 
but you're still responsible for all your own marketing and promotion marketing that's coming out promotion. of your pocket exactly yeah, yeah. I mean, even some of the, the big, big yeah, some they of the big make, things you on, you know, on a bigger stage, but that doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, be there in the trenches with you. Yeah. I mean, to get your foot, foot in the door through the big five, you need to have a big social media presence. They want to know how many followers you have, how many likes you have. And if you don't have a name for yourself, you're unlikely, it doesn't matter how great your book is, you're unlikely to get your foot through the door, which now it doesn't really matter because of the hybrid publishers. Um, the only, you do, you, um, you, you, basically you separate the work. You bring something to the table and they bring the other part to the table. Yes. Uh, you actually end up with more royalties that way than you would with yes. a traditional publisher. And you get yes. to keep your rights as well. So uh, I, I, I get thumbs up for a hybrid. I'm self-published and I have a contract uh, with a hybrid publisher for my um, fantasy duology. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's really amazing, especially about the royalties. And, you know, I found just the perfect partner for me and, you know, the, the, everything from their design work for my covers and back covers and, you know, the way they edit, it just fits so nicely with what I want to accomplish, but it's really, it was so eye opening to me to realize, you know, you, you, uh, if you're going to work even with one of the big five, you know, to make a million dollars on your books, you basically have to sell a million books or you're kind of getting a dollar a book. <laughs> That's what you get. That's honestly what you get, a dollar a book, even as a self-published author. But that's not why we do it. We do it right. because we have a story to tell. We want people to read our work. We want to see the reviews, of course. It'd be yeah. great if we had hundreds and hundreds of sales every month. But if that doesn't happen, um, as long as you keep on writing and getting those words out and people are enjoying your book, then that's what matters. Yeah, I agree. I actually have uh, six books in motion. And I was telling you before we started taping, one is my first actual novel, novel. Um, but the others are that are in motion of some various way. I've been so busy, strangely enough, even after the pandemic and, and all my speaking gigs were, you know, canceled or put on hold. Um, but I, I've been working towards this mindset that somehow in the next couple of months, I'm actually going to take a week and I'm going to just, you know, kiss my husband on the cheek and say goodbye. I'll see you in a week. And I'll lock myself in some, you know, cabin somewhere and I'm going to write to my heart's content. Just bring me some wine and bring me, yeah. throw me a pizza every once in a while and I'll be good. Perfect. Perfect. That, that's what you need. You, it takes a lot of time and it is a lonely business and you can't write when kids are running around. You can't write when there's people in the room. You need to be alone to allow everything to come out. You need yeah. to get into the zone. It's no good forcing yourself to write. You need to be in the zone because when you're in the zone, everything flows out and the characters start talking to you and you start mm. listening to what they tell you and where yeah. to go. And the story writes itself. And that is actually the easy part, is yeah. writing the story. It yeah. what comes after that's the hard part. It is. It's actually because like I told you also with my novel, I actually wrote the entire, you know, construct in my head. I could tell somebody the entire story yeah. from start to finish within a day of having it come to my head. And I jotted it all. I took time and I and I you know, I kind of uh, bullet pointed it out. But then the writing of it is where then you've got to get all the richness and you get to, you know, sit in that character's head. And so I've only put a third of it actually on, you know, paper, quote unquote. 
And it's, you really have to be in the right mental space to do it. And I haven't been there for a couple months. So I'm very eager to get back to it because I miss my characters, but I miss yeah. being able to get to the finish. Yeah. I, I the same with the fantasy I was telling you about. I watched Lord of the Rings. Um, it was an hour's journey to get back home from the cinema. By the time I got home, that was it in my head, the characters, the plot, the beginning, the end. And unlike some books, when you have an idea, this stayed, this stuck. Everything that I thought of in that hour is in that book. Nothing changed, nothing deviated. And uh, it was magical the way it worked. It was just, I've always been a pantser. I've always had an idea. And then I start writing and I don't mm -hmm. plot. The plotting is in here, same as mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Well, Karina, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group LLC is a leadership change management and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, -face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M LS6 and enter the code RESIL50OFF in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we're back with Karina Contis and, and I wanted to really thank you because I know you're going to share some very personal things um, for this month of May where I'm talking about it being Mindful May. I'm trying to make sure that we all recognize that, um, especially after a year in a pandemic and a lot of isolation, a lot of fear, um, but not just those things, uh, every day around us, maybe even us ourselves. Um, but if it's not us directly, it's somebody around you that you may not recognize. There's people that are in pain. There are people that are suffering. There are people with depression. There's people with uh, mental uh, illness. There are so many people around us in our lives that may be putting on a really good face about, you know, what their life is like, but on the inside, it's not it's not what we may seem. And I know that you have struggled with these things and still do. You have a, a number of things that keep you really having to walk that balance of taking good care of yourself mentally. So can you just share a little bit about your story with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I've suffered from depression all my life, right from um, before being a teen, uh, right through to now as a, a mother, middle-aged mother. I don't like that word, middle-aged. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a, su but, a supercharged uh, age. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> um, so I had a, a difficult childhood and um, I was also bullied through most of my schooling. And so by the time the teens came, I was just, I was as low as you can get, ready to ring up the Samaritans, ready to just end it all because I didn't see any other way out of it. 
um, out of the pain, out of feeling alone, out of seeing nothing in front of me. There was just no path for me to follow. Um, and I, I thank God that I never went that way. Um, I've been on antidepressants. I've had therapies throughout my, most of my life uh, through this um, depression. And I was actually seeing a therapist because um, I had a really bad bout of depression. And I found out I was pregnant with my first child. And I oh, phoned wow. her up and I said, oh, um, guess what? I don't need you anymore. <laughs> and that kicked me up. That kicked me out of my depression with my first child. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, really. Uh, she was she was so happy about it and never seen her since. Um, but uh, I have serious health conditions. Um, the first one, uh, type one diabetes, with lots of uh, complications. Unfortunately, started after I moved to Greece uh, twenty seven years ago. Let's say uh, I'm not good with dates. Um, <laughs> I was 17 or 18 when I met my husband. He was a barman and I was on holiday. Oh. It was like a Shirley Valentine sort of uh, story. Oh. Yeah, it, it wasn't, uh, I wish it was an R, but uh, we've, I had a lot of problems and I, you know, we broke up and I left because um, the mentality over here was very difficult. Um, the language, I felt very alone, uh, mm -hmm. even though I had my, my, now husband so that was a really difficult time for me when I actually moved to Greece but uh, that was the first time I was published because I had nothing to do in the winters so mm. I decided the two talents I had singing and, and writing so uh, as I didn't speak any Greek I thought right I'll take to the writing so <laughs> I got my first uh, book published uh, when I first moved here but life was very difficult and um, I packed up a couple of times and went home um, he couldn't live without me. And he came over to the UK, stayed with me, worked, had to, saw how I was used to living. So that when I came back here, we made things easier for me. But mm. I developed diabetes um, type one. Um, now, after all those years, um, it's, it hasn't been so well controlled that it's caused uh, complications. I then had a um, problem with the thyroid which if people don't know it's a tiny little thing in your mm -hmm. neck that causes problems with every single part of your body yep everything from the hair right down to the feet yep um from then i had uh i had um fibromyalgia now that just knocked me for six that just it just uh, stopped my life went to a standstill I was in so much pain 24 seven. I wasn't sleeping, I couldn't walk. I was basically laying on the couch and that was my life. And I thought I was gonna stay like that. Um, I lost all my friends who I couldn't uh, keep going out to keep up with them and go out for wine and cheese like we normally did. And they just stopped mm. calling, stopped, uh, stopped coming around. And so that was very difficult because I felt very alone. Um, I have some amazing, amazing virtual friends on Facebook that have been there for me from the beginning. Um, so, of course, with, with all that going on, again, the, the depression has never gone away. You know, I could 
I could be smiley and happy one minute and then start bawling in the next minute. My emotions all over the place and have been for a long time. I take 15, 20 pills every day um, for so many different... See, fibromyalgia isn't one thing. It's the fibromyalgia is the name of the condition. Yes, but the condition yeah. affects maybe your whole body with different things from problems with memory, um, the chronic pain, the chronic insomnia, um, depression, problems with the, the heat and feeling cold. And uh, the list just goes on. There's just so much to do with fibro. And there isn't a cure. And there isn't a special magic pill. So every single symptom, I was taking something for everything, for restless leg syndrome, which is where you, your leg jumps up. Mm -hmm. Well, that's gone from my legs to my hands. And without the medication that I'm on, which is actually for the same people that have, um, oh, I can't remember that condition where they, where they move a lot, mm. um, oh, where they like shake a lot. Parkinson's? Parkinson's. So it's the same uh, medication for yeah. Parkinson's, but it's for restless leg syndrome. Yeah. Um, even if I'm an hour late taking that medication, um, my legs just won't stop twitching. And it's it gets to the stage where it's so painful because, uh, of course, you can't sleep. Yeah. Uh, how can you sleep? Well, we talked about that. And we talked about that before. I mean, we were laughing about you working twenty four seven, but you. I know you've also struggled a great deal with insomnia, despite the fact that many of your medications should be knocking you out. They they should. I mean, we've we've gone through the doctors. I've got fantastic over here. Um, I'm very lucky to have the team I have. Um, but we go through from one medicine after another to try and find something that works. And even the ones I'm taking now, we're saying, well, maybe we'll start weaning myself off it to try something mm. new because it's just not working. I'm taking. He's basically said the medication I'm taking for my insomnia, which is a chronic insomnia, um, should knock out an elephant. And yet I'm still getting two hours sleep if I'm yeah. lucky. And I go 72 hours without sleep and then I'm oh just zombified. God. I'm zombified. Um, yeah. And then I do crash. I crash for maybe five, six hours um, straight through. Um, but the... See, I see positive things about everything. <laughs> and the positive side of it is my business because most of my clients are in the US. And so when I should be sleeping, they're awake. <laughs> so I can do all my work because I'm wide awake as well. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, the chronic insomnia, and I didn't realize this until I spoke with my neurologist, was causing mental problems. Yes, I will um, after a time. It, well, it's been going on for five, ten years now. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I, I had no idea. I was just going through every day and just accepting everything. Mm -hmm. And I had these new things happen and I just accepted it as just part of me, my health just getting worse. But mm -hmm. he said to me, why didn't you explain this before? And I said, well, I just assumed it was part of fibromyalgia. He went, no, it's because you're chronic insomnia. Basically what was happening, I was going around the supermarket shopping and I would suddenly blank out wouldn't collapse but suddenly everything would go black and within a second it would come out come back and it was so scary and with being diabetic 
I spoke with my doctor and she said it's because you're probably getting low in sugar. Mm. So then I started carrying my uh, tester around with me and three times that it happened, I tested my blood and it was perfect. Right. So it's not the diabetes. What is causing me? It was terrifying. I bet. It was terrifying. It happened any time. Even when I'm out on my motorcycle, it could happen. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely, yeah, terrifying. And the other thing that kept happening, which is quite funny now I think about it, my, my family laugh about it, especially my kids, would be talking and they'd ask me something and I would answer them that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. Mm. Yeah. And I would, I would suddenly think, where did that come from? Yeah. And I didn't realize it was all because of not sleeping. So yeah. I had an EG done on mm. uh, EGG, I think it's called. And uh, I had this funny looking cat put on my head <laughs> and I laid on the bed and he put all these wires on this cat. And he said to me, are you tired? And I went, no. He said, okay, just relax. And he came over again. He said, right, I want you to close your eyes and open them, close your eyes and open them. So we did that a few times. And then when we finished, I think it was, must have been about 45 minutes. When we finished, he says, I need you to come back in a couple of days. I need you to get some sleep and come back in a couple of days because the reading isn't right, not right, mm. something's wrong with the reading. Well, I thought, well, how am I supposed to sleep when I'm suffering from insomnia? So, right. of course, I didn't sleep. And I went back a couple of days and the test was exactly the same. And he says, what's happening is you're awake. Your brain is asleep. Mm. I said, how can my brain be asleep when I'm laying on the bed talk, thinking about my, my job, thinking about the next book that I'm writing? My brain is awake. I'm thinking. Mm. But mm. the readings showed mm. the proof that my brain was sleeping, but I was awake. And I think, you know, Karina, your story was so many, I mean, obviously there's so many elements here, you know, that, that show how a, a couple of things that I guess would be my takeaway, you know, as we get near the end is that, you know, again, you never know what's going on behind anyone else's four walls or behind the end of their noggin. You know, people are suffering from things that we may have no idea. And I think that means we need to give some people a break sometimes, including ourselves, but yeah. I think the other component, because I, I made the note before we even started taping is that, you know, when your doctor said, why didn't you tell me about it? Is that, you know, sometimes, yeah, we just figure if, if there's something I really should know, shouldn't you have told me about it? You know, so we're not always the best at advocating for ourselves with our physicians and things like fibromyalgia, for instance, there are doctors who for years just didn't believe patients. You know, just said, over here in Greece. there's no proof of it. So, uh, exactly. I don't know, you're just crazy. And, you yeah. know, we know more about it now, but I think that, you know, there's still that stigma of, well, if you can't read it on the test, then it, you know, or if you can't check it with the blood, it's not there. I think it's a really great point to remind us all. We have to not only advocate for ourselves, but we have to be aware of what's going on because when there's a problem, our body's trying to tell us something. It's our, exactly. yeah, we've got to listen. Thank you. Exactly. That, that's so right. Um, I saw a rheumatologist and it was her that diagnosed me with, with fibromyalgia. 
and I had an amazing team. I had a pain team. I had my diabetic doctor. I had my uh, thyroid doctor. I, I had an amazing team. And then one of the doctors, my neurologist left and I had a new neurologist and I walked into one of the, the first appointment and he says to me, you know, there's some doctors that believe and some doctors that don't. And I looked at him and I went, and you don't, do you? And he went, no, I don't. Oh. How can you have a doctor that doesn't believe in your condition that you've had nearly 10 years? Oh. I, I never saw him again. I couldn't, I couldn't Good. do it. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, because there's um, no but, point in going to that. But it's, it's still over here. It's not a medical condition over here like it is in the UK yeah. it's not a medical that. condition and yeah. like you said there's no blood test that shows that you have it because yeah. it is one name fibromyalgia which actually is a Greek name which means pain yes <laughs> because it's 24 7 pains constant pain yeah. I can my husband's just made an extension to the house to stop me from having to walk up the stairs to where mm. my old bedroom was because of the pain getting up the stairs mm. Well, you know, I'm glad, I, I, I'm glad my, you have my body's such a like a my body's like a 80 year old mm -hmm. and I'm I'm 40 but I've had this 10 years mm -hmm. and my my daughter especially my youngest she's 11 now she's been my nurse she knew she knows all my medication she knows when I should be taking it she knows what they're called she's been forced to grow up very, very quickly and look after a mummy. And I thank God that I have a family like that. Absolutely. I, you know, and you know. thank you for sharing your story because it is, it's very deeply personal, obviously, but I think it really shines a light on for any of us that, you know, we all have stuff and we all know people who have stuff and we, there's people that pro do have stuff that we don't know about. Let's just make sure we're kind and kind to ourselves and kind to others. And so Karina, we're, we're near the end here. I know we'll have all your contact information for anybody who might be interested in, um, you know, learning more about what you do uh, working with authors, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, before looking at the show notes, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, Facebook. I'm on there 24 seven. I have an <laughs> author assist on Facebook, but I'm also there as Karina Gantis author and my personal uh, page if anyone wants to message me about what we've talked about I'm very open and I'm quite happy to discuss um, I know that so many virtual people online are going through so much behind closed doors because we talk to one another and so mm -hmm. if anyone needs and feels like they need to talk then by all means get in touch with me excellent well before we go do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers yeah no matter what you're going through, uh, I got I got to my lowest point when I was a teen. And uh, everyone says, how do you do what you're doing now because of how much it's taken and how strong I have to stay? But you, you have to, uh, you, you've got to look, you've got to find a positive, somehow you've got to find the positive out of the negative. And for me, it was doing authoresses, keeping busy, um, helping other people, I finally found my path, what I should have been doing years ago. Um, and, and I feel like I'm on, I'm on the right track. And just for anyone that, that's suffering, especially with um, the lockdown and feeling isolated, um, it, it's gonna get better. 
Um, we may never get back to how we were, but it's going to get better. And we're going to have that social connection again. We're going to be able to hug our family and our relatives again. It's going to happen. And just keep that in your mind that uh, things will get better. Amen. I love it. Karina, thank you so much for being with us today, sharing your story and uh, reminding us of how many more ways we can help each other get through it. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.